Hi, I'm Erin. And I'm Kimona. And this is Rebels Advocate, the podcast where we break down the shit show that is the current social climate and reframe the radical. Let's get started. Hello, Erin. Hello, Kimona. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. It's, it's hot. Yeah. That's how I feel. We've been going through a heat wave. Um, so has the majority of the country is that the true world. the whole world is melting so that is a great point That's everyone it. is going through a heat wave technically because global warming correct nice <laughs> that's not the topic of today's pod <laughs> the topic is liberation i feel like that could that can age your twine it actually justice totally no it really can liberation not the premise here but not the main focus but But we can make it work we can segue it um (laughs) yeah so hello people audience our dearest friends (laughs) welcome to the season finale of season two of the rebels advocate podcast um i'm just out here thinking about how almost a year ago we were just have a little phone call about like trying to figure out our intro i remember that i was like oh crap that was a literally like year ago that we were having this conversation and now we have a podcast with over a thousand listeners and people that care about the things that we have to say (laughs) that is insane it's almost it's almost the year of the pod. I could cry. Don't make me emotional. This is so wonderful. I love podcasting with you, and I love all of my listeners. Oh, ditto, ditto. So for our magical last episode, you know, last season, we kind of had a culmination of this season by going through things that we talked about, things that have changed. Um, and for this season, we kind of wanted to talk about rather a broad topic that we feel like talk is relevant to all the things that we talk about, which is liberation. Um, And Kimona, in our notes that you've said that, you know, that in the most concise way, it's freedom from oppression and that's everywhere. Um, So if you want to talk about a little bit what that means to you, like why was liberation the topic that you wanted to talk about? Right. I think liberation is so important when we're looking at the reason behind why why like everything that we talk about matters what's the purpose why do we want to have an action item to do when we talk about important things why are we following through with this what's the what's underpinning all of this and for me and and i i would not to speak for you but I, i would guess that it's probably similar it's liberation. It's the goal of freeing not only ourselves and those that we love, but everyone from oppression. And I think it's really helpful to take some time to just think about the reason why we we think things. We did a whole episode on our why. I was just going to mention that. I was literally just going to say this is a very full circle moment that, you know, the reason we started this podcast is because that's the main, main fire for both of us mm-hmm. in our passions, in our advocacy work, in our careers. And it's a large thing that we share in common and it's liberation for all. And it makes me think of, you know, that phrase of 
nobody is free until we are all free. You, you're, we're not a free people. The human race is not free until there's liberation for all. And all means every single person, the most oppressed, and even some of those, you know, cisgender white men. <laughs> it's true. Those it, do. Those guys do. They, yeah, they, you know, they count in this context because we're in speaking the human broadly. race. We allow right. them. <laughs> but it's really important because I think that recently, especially in the news, media, whatever, there have been a lot of the different conversations going on that I think it's easy to look at and say, oh, well, these don't really all connect. Like this is, these are all like really different issues, but at the core of it, I would argue that all social justice is tied to the work of liberation, to removing oppression, to removing oppressive systems. And so that's, that's the work that we're all doing. And this was really sparked for me actually by the hashtag free Britney movement, because I remember distinctly like a few months ago, maybe last year, talking to people in my life about hashtag free Britney, about Britney's conservatorship, all of this, and being met with, oh, but is that real? Like, this is just a conspiracy theory. Like, what, what are you talking about? And I'm like, no, this is a real issue. And it's not just Britney. Like, like Britney is like the face of this right now, because we're talking about her specifically, but it goes even farther into disability rights issues and disability advocacy. And that is about liberation and freedom from oppression in in all forms and so i think it's really important especially if we're using an intersectional lens to recognize the work of liberation in 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 connecting all of these movements together absolutely and i think that you know when we talk about our whys and you think of yourself as advocate not many people are allies in only one group Mm -hmm. (laughs) they don't only care about queer rights, or they don't only care about animal rights. Usually those things, people have ways that those intersect and they have different identities that they hold of the advocacy work that matters to them. And, you know, it may seem a little strewn about that some people, like for me, like I care about animal rights, but I also care about the environment and racial justice and queer rights, all of these things. And some of them might feel all over the place and, you know, it grows from personal experience of what matters to you, how you were raised, the people you meet, organizations you become a part of. So, but like you said, that it comes back to a core value. There's a reason that one individual can care about so many things. Um, And that's the idea that you want equality. You want justice. You want reparations. You want liberation. Um, And I think that's, no matter who you are, that you could probably dissect your beliefs and your advocacy work and find that pinpoint of what is your why? Why do you care about these things? Why do you take action? And why don't you? Um, And I think that that finding that seed is a really good way of you know, reflecting and then moving forward, progressing and deciding how you're going to take steps to become a better ally, to become a better advocate. Um, I think that's very relevant. And in terms of the Free Britney movement and just the concept as a whole, I think what's really important is an image, a person like Britney is perfect to target in a situation Mm -hmm. like this because it says, here is a beautiful 
celebrity who has millions of dollars and is skinny and blonde and white and has been famous since she was a child. She should, in theory, have it all. And it shows that anyone can be subjected to oppression, abuse, trauma. No one is exempt. It doesn't matter that she's a rich white woman, you know, and I think that that is relevant to all discussions that, you know, often in terms of white privilege, a lot of white people assume that things can't happen to them because they're not necessarily exposed to it. You know, whereas if you were born with some oppressive identity, you are exposed from an early age that bad things happen to people like you. Whereas white people have the privilege of not often being confronted with that um, until later in life, until learning more about themselves, experiencing trauma, etc. So I think that Free Britney is so important because it humanizes her and makes people realize that, you know, this isn't conservatorship, this abuse, this oppression can happen to anybody, and it is a problem. Because this is not unique. This happens to people with disability all the time. Mm-hmm. Maybe not to the same lengths and extent, but, you know, you think this is so bad, it, which it is, it's horrifying, but you can still forcibly sterilize people with dis, uh, disability um, under, conservators, under conservatorship. And that's daunting. And, you know, I think people think that things like that don't happen. Things like that don't happen here in America in 2021. And it does. And it's happening right under our noses and we're letting it happen. And these conversations of free Britney have been happening for a long time. And I'll be the first to admit, I didn't, when the conversations of free Britney first started, I never bothered to look into it. I didn't know what people were really referencing. And I just thought it was like a, I never knew it was serious. Right. And that's my own doing. That's my own problem for not saying, what is this hashtag all about? Looking into it, seeing that this is a serious issue. And if I had, I would have been advocating for it. And I'm slightly embarrassed by that, but I'm taking it as a moment to grow, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially as someone who cares so deeply about mental health and works in this field, I really should have stepped up my game. Um, But again, like, these things have been talked about and people have been trying to get this out in the open and it's been ignored. Or like you said, people are like, it's a conspiracy theory. Oh, like often when it's something in the public eye, people are like, Oh, it's not real. Oh, I don't care. Why would I bother? When even if it's not so much the person, there's a situation, there's an oppressive system underlying this situation that you should care about and educate yourself on in order to dismantle it. And that concludes my rant. Beautiful rant. <laughs> I was like, am I still talking? It's okay. I you had you had things to say and I was letting them happen. But to add I also wanted to admit that I I, I done messed up. 
Right. As soon as we started talking about it, I was like, oh, no. But that's okay. That's what's important. Like, guys, you literally just witnessed it. It's okay to get new information and change your mind. That is so important. We need to do that more. We need to be able to admit when we were wrong and own up to that and then keep it moving. Like, that's so fine. But to add to why, like, I, I think so many people were in the same position as you. We're looking at this and thinking, oh, it's not that big of a deal, blah, 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 blah. Like, this is a conspiracy theory. Like, this is just pop culture news. It's partially the fault of the way I just that- thought people liked Britney and they wanted to talk about her since she wasn't in the public eye. <laughs> I mean, that's definitely part of it. Like, people love Britney. Like, people would die for her, literally. I did scream free Britney at a Pride event this weekend, though. So I've, I've fully changed my mind. I support that. I'm like, oh, but, this has been important the whole time. It, but like, the media has a history of not taking the issues of women seriously, particularly when it's something like she's she's saying that her father, who's in charge of this conservatorship, has been treating her poorly, has been taking advantage of the conservatorship to take her money. Like, who who is the media usually going to believe? The man. The white man. The white man. It is an unfortunate reality, and that adds into it. This is another way that the white supremacist patriarchal system um, that we all need to be liberated from functions. We all suffer from it, and I think there's definitely components to you know, white people still don't, like, there's things that would benefit us by having white supremacy dismantled. Like, it's not like, oh, we, we're going to have to give up all of our, our cushiness by letting women and men be equal and all of the other folks in between. Like, by having people of different races be treated as equals, we all benefit from that. And I, I think that's a concept people miss. And I don't really know how to explain it much further than that. Just it's better. <laughs> it's better. Okay. I mean, I think a great way to explain it, because I use this kind of analogy all the time, used past tense um, in my various master's classes, is it's kind of a theological reference sorry nerd (laughs) i am a theology nerd y'all if you didn't know this well now you do um but there's there's this imagery in the bible of the body of christ there are a bunch of references to to the body and how that functions thomas aquinas a theologian yes philosophy we love it philosopher and theologian Bam, best of both worlds. Um, But this idea that when one part of the body is suffering, the whole body is. And I think that that is really helpful to just internalize when you're looking at society as a whole. We will all do better if we are all thriving versus just the arm is doing great, but like the legs are all wonky, like... It gets weird when you actually put it into like actual like imagery. So sorry. <laughs> no, it but, made sense. <laughs> but it it's better when everything is thriving together because then we can all lift each other up together. So thank and, you and, for putting my uh, convoluted ideas into a nice cohesive 
analogy. Hey, what else am I here? References. Uh, making making me sound better. Uh, it's primary role. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then another thing that's quite topical and that we've mentioned a few times over the course of this season is definitely relevant to the conversation around liberation is everything going on in uh, Palestine. And we were hoping to have a guest um, who is very well versed in uh, the conflict and a friend of mine, Anwar. Um, They're not going to be on the pod, uh, at least not this season, but they were so nice to have made some cohesive notes and Mm -hmm. give us some background information and some resources to further our education and relate that to you. Um, And I'm just going to paraphrase as simply as I can, um, because they said it far better than I. Uh, But if you aren't aware, the conflicts in Palestine and Israel have been far more than just 2021. This has been going on for decades. Um, But as of the last few months, since April, some of the primary reasons that this has been in the forefront of social media, especially, is um, Israeli Israeli settlers uh, on April 24th of this year uh, were attacking and intimidating Palestinians in Jerusalem. Um, you may know this conflict as a an issue over land, um, and that is just simply not true. This is an issue of human rights and you know, ethnic cleansing and trying to, oh gosh, what's the word? Uh, See, usually I'd jump in and I would know the word, but I, at this point, Sam's going to have to cut this out. I cannot think of it. Displace. Displace. To displace individuals from their home, from their land um, and where they have heritage um, and their, their ancestors are from. So, one of the ways that you can see that this has begun has become so much more than land air quotes is that Israelis were walking the streets of Jerusalem, chanting death to Arabs and Israelis have been able to in masses verbalize that they want Arabs to die. Um, And I think that's a very important aspect of this conflict that Anwar was so nice to emphasize in their their summary of this. Um, and on May 8th, that was when settlers of Israeli torched Palestinian fields in Bahrain. Um, settlers are always talking about how they're native to this land, but do you really think that the indigenous population would purposely destroy it without any regard or respect for the environment? Um, those are Anwar's words. And I think that's really relevant because I think that for many people, if you can't comprehend the issues uh, in Palestine, that might make sense to you in terms of the indigenous communities in our own country in America, um, that the emphasis and care on our land and the environment is very, very relative to um, relevant to natives. And I think that's a shared culture and something that's very vital that Palestinians have roots in their land and wouldn't harm it. 
Um, and using the term settlers is relevant in the fact that, again, of this colonization of Zionism um, and Anwar themselves identifies as an anti-colonist. Um, I like anti-colonialism rather. Um, and a way that they um, they emphasized is that why this is relevant to Americans is that 3.8 million, 3.8 billion, sorry, billion dollars um, of military aid from the U.S. goes to the Israeli government every single year. And there's no accountability being held. And this is something that we should care about deeply. Like people are being displaced from their homes um, and we're letting U.S. tax dollars, our own money, be used to fund displacement and to fund harm and now deaths of children and many, many other people that have been subjected to this displacement and to this harm. Um, and they also mentioned that since 2000, uh, on average, the Israeli army has killed one Palestinian child every three days. And around May 8th of this year, Israel forces stormed Alice, Al, oh gosh, I should have looked at his pronouncings. Al-Aqsa Mosque, if I pronounce that wrong, please, please feel free to correct me. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, and attacked Palestinians as they were praying and honored the last days of Ramadan. Um, so again, no respect for religion and, you know, human rights to exercise these practices in their homes. Um, and during this time, 163 Palestinians were injured by occupational forces. Uh, and then the last Friday of Ramadan, the most sacred time for Muslims, uh, Israelis, uh, Israeli forces shot rubber bullets and stun grenades at Palestinians inside this mosque, uh, which might be a cause that you are more familiar about because that was on social media, um, as well as the airstrikes that took the lives of over 200 Palestinians and over 60 children in Gaza. So... I think that's really relevant and I'm really grateful to Anwar for providing us with that background information. Um, and I hope I did it, did it some, some level of justice in explaining the situations that are going on and why this matters. People's lives are at stake. Um, there you go. There's some history lessons. And that history is so important. I think I I think that it's really important when we're talking about liberation as well to recognize that it's beyond just like what we experience on the daily what we see like when I when I speak about liberation I truly mean liberation for all which is why it's free Palestine it's why it's free Brittany like it's free everyone it's it's truly liberation is truly about everyone's freedom and I think that's so important because it's especially with the this horrible horrible issues happening in Palestine the fact that it's been ongoing that it just had a what felt like a brief moment in the media spotlight and then everyone just moved on when that's not but these things are still happening there was a, a ceasefire briefly and then it was 
I don't know if it was officially like technically ended based on like war and legal terms, whatever. But basically, the Israeli government has just gone back to whatever they were doing before. It's the same. They're singing the same tune. And I mean, at the end of the day, the issues still lie with the main consequences here are displacement from their homes, the Palestinians, as well as people dying, being murdered by a government that the Americans are funding with our tax dollars. And that's really harmful and just unacceptable. It's not, I think people get very uncomfortable around it about like, oh, well, it's not free all because that means you hate Israelis. And that's not true. As an advocate, it is our responsibility to speak on the behalf of the oppressed. That's why the hashtags that we mentioned, like Kimona just said, free Palestine, free Britney, free the oppressed, insert group, insert person. We're not going to say free the oppressor <laughs> because the oppressor is doing just that. So they don't need to be freed. Again, we <laughs> want to free people. We want everyone to be, let, let's go back to my metaphor from whenever. Uh, like we just want equity. We want justice. You know, the equity is where we want to be, right? And then the justice is making reparations for the damage that's been done um, and dismantling the oppressive systems in place that allowed it and how we can prevent that from continuing on into further generations. Um, and like we emphasize here for two seasons, we have a lot of undoing, a lot to unlearn, a lot to learn. <laughs> There's things that we, you know, I just gave a great example. I, I was naive, didn't know the severity of something and didn't take the extra steps to learn something serious. Um, and not just an example of something that, you know, as a white person, as a privileged person, I'm able to often not think about things that aren't in my forefront. Um, and I think we've mentioned before, you know, everyone has something they have a privilege over another person. Um, it would be hard pressed to find an individual that doesn't have something um, that benefits them. And it's unlearning the things that we've been privileged to know or, or not know rather and really take a look of that and be like, why do I think these things? Why do I not know what's going on? And taking action steps, do these things. I'm sorry, I just lost any momentum I had. It just became stupid. No, it's okay. Cause <sighs> you, were, you were right on there with taking the action steps with actually doing the thing. I went to work at 7.30 in the morning. I was at I my know. office at 7.30 in the morning. I need to go to bed. Yeah, you had an early morning. Don't you worry. Don't worry. Ugh. You're fine. You're making sense. I feel you. And everything you're saying, I think, is so in line with liberation. If you are actually grounded in liberation, you are going to want to take those action steps. You're going to want to follow through. All of that is going to be so important to you. And so I think it's really, I think it's, more than important, it is necessary as an advocate, as an activist, to center yourself on liberation, 
to know what that means and to trace that line through all of the the things you should be supporting. I think that's one of the biggest issues that people face when it comes to speaking out about Palestine and and sharing things online, particularly just because in America, like for some reason, well, no, not for some reason, because the American government has aligned itself with the Israeli government, like very closely. Uh, it's often met with pretty severe backlash. Although I will say I've noticed a, a shift there where like, yeah, people are still facing backlash, but it feels like the, the public opinion has moved slightly more in favor of liberation, which I love. But a big issue is people don't see that these, this is all connected, that these things are all connected, that we're really all fighting the same fight. And I think it's it's helpful if we take a look at historical connections um, and how different groups have stood in solidarity with each other. So particularly because we're talking about Palestine, I wanted to just talk a little bit about Black liberation and civil rights leaders and how that has been up front and center for a lot of really prolific people who fight for Black liberation on the daily. So there's this history going back to 60s, 70s, like civil rights movement era of Black liberation leaders, uh, Black revolutionaries standing in solidarity with Palestinians. Like this isn't new stuff. This, this is simply what happens when oppressed people come into contact with each other. We stand together with each other, which is why this is so important. And we've seen that that happened a little bit um, again with the recent, I don't want to say rise in popularity, that sounds gross, but it's kind of what it was, of talking about Palestine. So not only have we seen this solidarity come back where it comes to like Black liberation movements in America speaking up on behalf of or really amplifying the voices of Palestinians, but during the height of the 2020 summer Black Lives Matter protests, there was an influx of Palestinian activists who were sharing protest safety info on social media. There were a bunch of tweets and Instagram posts going around telling protesters, telling Black people, this is how we, as Palestinians on the ground, have stayed safe when met with things like tear, tear gas and rubber bullets sharing that information, standing in solidarity with each other, that is truly work rooted in liberation. And that is so, so important. And I think if you connect these dots, it becomes a whole lot easier to realize that it's not that wild and bizarre for Americans to speak out against the atrocity, atrocities. Wow, can't, words are hard. Mm -hmm. uh, that the Israeli government has repeatedly committed and continues to commit against Palestinian people, especially, like you said, Aaron, because we got tax money going to them. Like, that's our money. We, as American citizens, have a right to demand accountability when our tax money is being used to help commit a genocide. I was just going to say, I'm like literally promoting genocide. Yeah, I, I think it's just... I think anyone with empathy, perhaps a human heart, should care when human rights are at risk, when people's lives, when children's lives are at risk, and people are dying, and people are not equipped the way Americans are to fight 
something like this. The Israeli government has a lot of weaponry, a lot of soldiers, a lot of money. The Palestinians do not have that. It is not an equitable fight if it even was a war, if that's the way you're looking at it. But at the core, this is a an issue of human rights violation. This is a genocide and we are allowing people to die. And if you're not if you're not listening, if you're not speaking up on this, you're part of the problem. And I, I just always think in situations like this, people are often quick to be like, well, when horrors like the Holocaust happen, I would never behave that way. I would never allow that. I would never be a Nazi. This, that, and the other thing. But here we are, alive, capable, and far more than anyone was during the Holocaust, able to amplify our voices, amplify the voices of far more educated people, contact our officials, and have our opinions matter. And so many of us are doing nothing. And that's unacceptable. You say you wouldn't do these things, but here you are confronted with a situation where people's human rights and their lives are at risk and you're not doing anything. There's been plenty of genocides since the Holocaust. I'm not trying to minimize the severity of what the Holocaust was. It's a horrendous piece of history that needs to be known and impacts people to this day, um, people whose ancestors and relatives were part of the people who were murdered and as well as, you know, Nazis living among us in America in 2021. These are real problems and anti-Semitism in 2021 in America is a problem. But it didn't stop there. It's not like everyone became woke and understood that this was bad and we shouldn't have let this happen. Doesn't seem like anyone learned their lessons because there has been apartheid, there has been so many different genocides and issues of human rights where people just idly stand by. And I, I don't think that is a dutiful human being. You should care that people, just because they're not right in front of you, just because it's not your family, your friends, it's somebody's family, it's somebody's friend. And they shouldn't have to have value to you to have value. Mm. And I want to emphasize that. A little guilt trip. A little guilt trip. Care about your fellow human. That's all. That's all I ask of you. That's really at the core of everything that I try to live in my life. I value my fellow human. Just by being human, by being on this planet with me, you have value. Does that mean that some unfortunate people have value? Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. And that gets hard. It Because I'm going to be honest. It's hard to really live out this concept of liberation, This these values. It's a hard task. It's not the easiest work in the world. It's not easy to have sympathy. God, it's important. <laughs> it's not easy to have sympathy and empathy for the oppressor. Mm. But I firmly believe that 
you can't be the person that I'm saying that you can't be the person who loves all and cares about each individual human if you're not willing to see the suffering that has to exist for people like oppressors to exist. Does that make sense? <laughs> no, it does. Because it does. that's what I try to practice. I think I've mentioned it here before in my meditation practice that even the most difficult people in your life and in the world, they wouldn't be that way if they weren't suffering deeply, if they hadn't experienced trauma, if they hadn't, you know, I'd, it's hard and uncomfortable to have sympathy for bad people. <laughs> But if we can't learn to love and forgive, we simply will never move forward. But yeah, liberation for all. And I think I think that's adding in the concept of love, the feeling of love to conversations of liberation is so important because liberation is just, for me at least, liberation is love in action. Like fighting for justice is love in action. Social justice is love in action. Everything that we're trying to do is putting love in action. And it means that even, like, even if you just think of a simple like, policy change like Medicare for all, even the people who are against it are still going to benefit right. when they don't have to pay for healthcare, when they don't have to worry about going broke. And to stand in with our own morals, our own values, we have to acknowledge that even those people, the people that disagree with us, the people that hurt us are still worthy of that they still have value and i think Amen. that's a really hard thing to do especially when you care so deeply especially when you feel so deeply and can feel people's hurt being an empath sucks and i'm sure many of you are empaths too i think that's par for the course for a lot of advocacy and you know it's hard when you're very very involved and you see all this pain and it's hard it's hard and that's simple. The hardest part is the loving and the helping and it's just hard, okay? We see you, we know this is not an easy journey. It's one of the hardest ones to embark on, but to have a better world, to promote the things that we care about is to live it. And that's what we've started this season off with, to live our values. Why do we care about these things? Why? What is your why? And that is the fundamental truth to continuing the fight for liberation. If you don't know why you're here, if you don't know what fuels your fire, you can't keep doing it. You won't keep doing it. You won't succeed. So again, an action item for you, Rebels, figure out your why sit with that, take our little seasonal break to reflect and say, who am I and what matters? What can I do? And I think that that's always a really powerful thing to sit in our, in our why. And, you know, like Kimona has said multiple times on the podcast that you can change your mind. You can learn new things and reevaluate. That's one of the beautiful things about being an advocate is relearning mm -hmm. and becoming passionate for something that maybe you didn't even care about in the first place. Maybe you were on the wrong side of history, but 
you're allowed to change your mind. You're allowed to grow. That's what we want. <laughs> All of this is just, it's so important. If there's one thing that I can get y'all to take from this, even though I know y'all are great, you'll take more than just one thing. But <laughs> remember, liberation is love and action. And you want to follow, you got to connect the dots. Follow the path of your values to the causes that you should be fighting for. Because that too often I see inconsistency in that. And I think if we all just took a second and just sat with what we truly value, what we're trying to center in our lives, we'd come to the conclusion of liberation and justice so, so, so much quicker. And that is what we are going to title this episode. And I want the shirt, Liberation is Love and Action by Kimona. I'll design it. Oh, I love that. Like, I love that. I'll design it. Catch, catch me. It's new a merch drop next season. I mean, would you buy it, though? We'll make would it you if you'll buy it. it. Oh, okay. You're talking about you. I wasn't sure. I, was I like, don't want your money. Okay. Well, I mean, I do want your money. It's capitalism. I got I to gotta live. But <laughs> I want their money. You have hair in my mouth. Gross. Oh, that's fun. Um, <laughs> well, <on that> note. <laughs> and now after the real talk back to just you know nonsense um, but to wrap up this season we just have a few updates um updates are probably for beginning of episodes but alas um so with this season ending we're going to do the same as we did last season and take another month off to reflect and grow and find other ways to promote our growing brand and business and you know, rest is radical. So, so we're going to take that break and then we'll be back in August with season three. So until then, make sure to keep us, uh, keep up to date with us on all social media platforms, especially Instagram and Twitter, you know where to find us and use our website, um, for resources and educate yourself on some of the things that we've discussed um, if you aren't caught up on this past season or maybe the last two seasons, two seasons, make sure to catch up and use our resources as a guide to further educate yourself. We provide our resources and other awesome platforms and people who are doing the work on their handles and their websites. It's super helpful to be able to refer to our notes. That is how we got to this idea in the first place. Come on, do you want to give them, I, I said, I said they know where to go, but in case they don't, just in case you've forgotten, I can remind you, you can find us on Instagram at Rebels Advocate Pod, on Twitter at Rebels ADV Pod, and on the general interwebs at rebelsadvocatepod.wordpress.com. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review. You have to. It's it's a demand. It's now mandated, actually. <laughs> if you want to keep getting this free education from us, I want a five-star review. Yeah. And subscribe. Send it to your friends. All the things, man. Help us up. Especially during the break, if you remember well from last time, we totally utilize that as a way to speak with you guys and get feedback, suggestions. We want to hear from you. This is the people's pod. Mm. So keep a lookout for new branding and maybe merch. I don't know. Cool things are ahead. And until then, take a breather. Have a nice middle of your summer. And we'll be back in a month. 
<laughs> All right. Until then. Bye. See you guys.